this is Sandy Shepherd, and welcome back to the Be A Bond Girl podcast. This is regular podcast 11, and today we will be going over some listener feedback and speaking about your job. Relax, pull up a chair, and join us for the Be A Bond Girl podcast. Featuring mastermind coach and author of Fempowerment, Unleashing Your Inner Bond Girl, Sandy Shepard. Hey, this is Sandy Shepard, and thanks again for tuning in to the Be a Bond Girl podcast. Amazingly, I am up to 35 episodes of the podcast, but as you know, a number of those are interviews and bonus video podcasts with Mr. Martini from Behind the Bar Show, and so this is only the 11th of what I would call a regular podcast episode. First thing that we're going to do is take a look inside of the mailbox. I've been getting some great email from folks, and if you would like to send me an email, you can send that now to Sandy, S-A-N-D-Y, at BeABondGirl.com, spelled just like you imagine, B-E-A-B-O-N-D-G-I-R-L.com. You still can send to sandy at Yahoo.com. That's D-O-U-B-L-E-O-H-S-A-N-D-Y at yahoo.com. But now we have an actual beabondgirl.com email as well. I would love to put your actual voice onto this podcast. And our new phone-in line is 206 350 Seven. Now I'm going to give you a little warning about these call-in lines, both Mr. Martini from BehindTheBarShow.com and also Heidi Miller from Diary of a Shameless Self-Promoter warned me that when you get these call-in lines, you have to call them every 30 days or they will expire. What happened? I called in on day 31, and I lost the phone number that I have had since beginning this podcast. That's exactly what happened to the two of them, too. And they are expert podcasters, so I don't feel quite so bad that the same thing happened to me. So this is a new podcast call-in number, unfortunately. The number that I have been spouting out on all my other podcasts is no longer in service. So let's turn right away to that listener feedback or my email box. The first email that I received is from Paul Bond. Yes, I can indeed say that I have gotten a shout out from Mr. Bond himself. Paul said to us, Sandy, first I want to say that I have been thoroughly enjoying your podcast since I found them through the Being James Bond website. So that's a shout out to Head of Section. Thank you for mentioning me on your awesome podcast and website. 
I particularly enjoy what you've been saying about how men think, look at, and feel about things in life and relationships. It's refreshing to hear a woman say that when a man is watching TV, normally he's just watching TV and not purposely ignoring you. Keep up the good work. Again, I'm loving the information you're putting out, and I look forward to listening to many more podcasts from you. Sincerely, Mr. Bond. Mr. Bond himself is doing some podcasting, and we've been having some other emails back and forth with respect to the trials and tribulations of editing, podcast voice modulation, and the like. So I just wanted to give a shout out to Mr. Bond to keep up the good work on his own podcast, which unfortunately is not on a Bond-related subject. It's more related to what he does in his work. In one of his other emails to me, he stated, for those of you out there who are just considering or starting podcasts yourself, I will share just a little bit of uh, our conversation, Mr. Bond said to me about his first foray into podcasting, and I quote, it's a 10-minute segment for someone else's podcast, but man, what an eye-opener. I did seven separate segments, then strung them together. I can't do 10 minutes straight without fumbling up yet. It took me almost three hours to make a 10-minute segment. I absolutely understand that. And those of you who are considering podcasting, just know it really does get easier. Mr. Martini, head of section, Heidi Miller all told me that it did. But I got to tell you, when you're doing that 10-minute segment that takes you three hours to do, you just don't quite believe them. Mr. Bond goes on when I asked him about his surname and uh, whether he got a little bit of teasing as he was growing up. He said, yeah, I got it all the time. It never bothered me, though. I still get it today when people ask my name, but I have fun with it now. When someone asks my name, I just say Bond and pause for the effect. Then when they look at me with a smirk, I tell them my full name. They may not laugh, but I get a chuckle out of it. Interestingly enough, my family crest is the same as the character, too, and my father had many of his characteristics, sharp wit and an even sharper tongue, fine taste, etc. I'm finding these things out as I go now. My father died, unfortunately, many moons ago. But the more I learn, the more I find that my father really was Bond, albeit not a spy that I know of yet. So that is my conversation with Mr. Bond, or the bits of it that aren't to do with the technicalities of podcasting. And I just want to give a shout out to him and thanking him for writing in. Now, my next letter was great to receive. It is from, we are going to call her Special Agent V, and she wrote us from Switzerland. Her email goes like this. Dear Miss Double O Sandy, I have thoroughly enjoyed your podcast and often re-listen to them to pick up on the tips that I have missed. I am a Bond girl in training. I am an American living in Switzerland, learning German, and in the process of changing my career. My most important goal has been making my James the most important relationship in my life. In the past, it's been career, friends, and who knows what. My James and I are planning a round-the-world trip. 
I would love to know your suggestions on how I can organize myself on this trip so that I am not only present with my man, but that I can look my best. I have this fear of looking like crap when wandering around the world. I am 36 and can honestly say that I need a bit of makeup to look fresh. The limitation here is that what I bring will be carried by me on my own back. I want to be a cute world traveler, not a sloppy mama backpacker. How would a Bond girl pull this off? Cheers. Kind regards, Special Agent V. I'm going to put a picture of Special Agent V in the blog that will be attached to this podcast. She is absolutely fantastic. I sent her a very long answer to her question about traveling. I pointed out the last video podcast that had to do with traveling and also there's a large section in my book that that has to do with it. Now I'll just read a little bit of what I said to her. I said, this is the key to traveling. First, pare through all your non-clothing items. Again, there is an entire section of my book just on this right at the beginning, but I will give you a little taste of it here. Pare everything down to makeup, lotions, and potions that you have really used in the last three to six months. This is often hard for some women because we wind up collecting them. But none of these items react well to oxygen. As such, we really should only have items that we really use. Pair it down to two long wear lipsticks, one in your lip color and one in red for the opera, a lip shine that can go over them, a base with a sunscreen in it, and two colors of eyeshadow in one case. Best bet is two tones of brown. These will go with everything. Then a black mascara. When you apply the mascara, put on one coat then the second coat put on and sweep the lashes towards the outside if you have to use your finger this will make your eyes look bigger then if you wear contacts you will need contact fluid shampoo etc you know the drill but the key here is to put them into a small bottle the kind that they will allow on the airplane and then use the bottle to see how many days worth of the item is in it for you when you're traveling, try to get a larger bottle if you can and use it until you get on the plane again. Here is an example. I wear contacts and so I have a small bottle that lasts for five days for me and can pack onto the airplane. This is because when we travel, we do our best to only take the carry-ons. But let's say we hit the shores in Europe and we're going to be traveling on the mainland for a while there. I will go to the chemist and get the larger bottle and use the small bottle, filling it from the large one to refresh it as we go. Then when it's time to get on the plane again, I toss that bottle because it cannot be packed into a carry-on. Do your best to get everything into that carry-on. I know that sounds almost insane, but you can do it if you think about it. And this is very Bond Girl. Then I went on to talk about our honeymoon, which was three weeks long. And as I talked about in my book and in my video podcast, my James had mixed up the reservations and we hadn't packed because we thought the plane wasn't leaving until the afternoon. We were going to do it in the morning and instead it turned out the plane was leaving in the morning. So I had about 17 minutes to pack for a three-week trip. I talked a little bit about that with her. That is in the book. And I also talked about it on the video podcast with Mr. Martini. But some of the keys to that are you want to have a bag together with your makeup and lotions and potions. You also want to have a little note in that bag that talks about things that may not be there, like medicines that you need from the refrigerator or sunglasses that you keep in your car. You also want to... Um, 
keep a large freezer ziplock in there so you can pour all your cosmetics into it when you need to go through the scanner on the airplane. And uh, having that notice, something that you can do at your leisure now. I have some suggestions in my book, as I mentioned. But uh, when you are panicked and packing in 17 minutes for a three-week trip, it definitely helps to have that note. Now, I went on to discuss a lot of things. This is a long email I sent to Ms. V. She was very patient reading the whole thing. But it talked about separating your clothing into black-based clothing, brown-based clothing, and blue-based clothing, then choosing one base and sticking with that. Also, basically having rayon-type fabric that breathes and is easy to pack and wear. And to also really think about things that you can pack that you can walk in but still look pretty sexy about. If you are interested in me talking more about all the suggestions that I gave to Ms. V, you can certainly email me or call me and we can go more into this on another podcast. In her answer to me, actually, she said back, Wow, you rock, sister. Now, I love that. Let me tell you something. Thank goodness there is someone looking out to ensure that women are being their sexiest while achieving great things. Your suggestions are sweet. I could totally envision what I could look like wearing those clothes and feeling good, feminine, and secure because I choose clothes that fit. And you know, the whole idea of being a Bond girl just gives this trip a whole nother boost of inspiration, fun, and excitement. I also like your suggestions because you are focused on the togetherness and support of the relationship. It's great. You are smart and thoughtful. I am sure your James is just thrilled with you. It also helps you are tall and blonde. Then I asked her a little bit about where she was going. She said, we are leaving in November and going to Argentina, Peru, Hawaii, Fiji, Japan, Australia, New Zealand, India, China, Mongolia, Siberian train to Moscow, and then back to Switzerland. We've planned to be nine months on the road. I can't wait. And I also asked her, what her new business was because she said she had she was changing her life and she said I'm changing careers from marketing to interior design I wanted to stop creating false imagined needs in people for products that obviously they don't need at all in their lives it felt like I was contributing to this insane economy of bad debt and health so now I am focusing on learning how to make people feel good in their homes, workspaces, and life. I have just started the study and love it so far. And hey, you can be sure that I've enjoyed your decluttering and feng shui podcast. Really keep up all this good work and fantastic energy. Women in these overcomplicated times need it. Now I got to tell you, it's reading emails like this that absolutely keep me doing what I'm doing. So thanks again to my Miss V, and I can't wait to get more email from all the rest of you. If you do want more information on the sorts of things that I said to her in her packing for her world trip, please write me a comment, and I absolutely would love to share that in my next podcast. Now... What I had set out today to speak about is about finding passion in what you do for your career or work or job or whatever it is that you call it. I would suggest to any of you that have not 
already gotten a copy of this book, to get a copy of the book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Kiyosaki. You can buy this book on half.com, H-A-L-F dot C-O-M, for a couple of bucks. The book's been out for a long, long time. It's a book that's really easy to read, but it will put in your mind the idea of different kinds of work. Let me explain. In Rich Dad, Poor Dad, the author separates the work world into four different quadrants. In one quadrant, you're an employee, which most of you probably are. In the next quadrant, you are self-employed. Then in the third quadrant, you are a business. And in the fourth quadrant, you're making your money from investments. As an employee, as we all know, you're not that much in control. If you want to increase the money that you're getting, you have to ask for a salary raise. And the problem with that is that employees often feel entitled to just get more and more and more money for basically doing about the same thing because they have tenure in the position. This may be what you're thinking. You may be thinking, that's how I'm going to make more money. I need to advance and be tied to that salary and you know maybe I'll get a bonus here and there. Well, you don't have a lot of control over that. Oh sure, you can do a good job, but you're really depending upon someone else and the good graces of that someone else to make enough money. We all want to retire and go off to our fancy islands and drink a few Mai Tais. Now, the next step away from being an employee is you may think, well, I do this great job as an employee and instead I'm going to run my own company. I'm going to be a consultant and I'm going to do that job, but I'm going to do it for lots of other people and so I'll be able to charge more and I'll be more in charge of my destiny. The problem with that is that it's still one hour of your labor equals X amount of dollars. Just like an employee. You have to work to make money. A lot of people that go into their own business don't think about this. I'm going to use myself as an example. I was at a large law firm and then I worked my way up to being general counsel uh, in very prestigious software companies. And then unfortunately, in the dot-com bust, I found myself in a situation where my company went from about 250 people to 30, and I was on the wrong side of that equation. So I decided that I would be general counsel for the little guy. And if you'd actually like to take a look at my law firm website, you can go to goodsolutions.com and see my law firm life and my law firm. Now... I started my law firm because suddenly I was pretty much out on the street. This is also when I started my blog on living the life of a Bond girl, which ultimately my publisher read and how amazing she uh, helped me to write my book. And at the same time, I was doing my seminars and I've been ultimately moving away slowly but surely from the law business. See, the thing is with that law business, just like anyone else who's a consultant, is that I have to work an hour of my time to make 
the amount that I charge per hour. But I also have to do all the marketing. I have to do the accounts receivable, or my assistant does. I need to get new business. I need to collect on people who don't pay me and all that jazz. So when you have a business, a true business is one where you can go and lie on the beach for a week and money is still coming in. You see, I didn't really understand this when I started my law firm. I do have a couple of people that do work with me, which is great because they do the work and I get a piece of that money. But for my work, if I stop working, I stop getting that money coming in. Now that is not considered a business. Again, that's considered pretty much just self-employment. You are an employee, but you are your own employee. So what is a real business? A real business is one where you are doing something that ultimately is going to make you money whether you're lying on the beach. If you read Kiyosaki's books, and a number of other books too now, the thing that they espouse is what's called network marketing. Now, for those of you who have heard of multi-level marketing and think of them as pyramid schemes, I'm going to talk a little bit about that right now. Basically, what multi-level marketing is, is you are introducing people to a product or a service, and then you are offering them not only to buy the product or service, but you are offering them the ability to join into that business and offer those products and services to other people. When somebody joins the business, you normally get a little fee for them joining, and then you get a small piece of everything that they sell. Let me give you a thought about this. Let's say that you're going to be selling bottles of Coca-Cola. And you have two choices. Either you can buy the bottles of Coke at half price and sell them at full price, or you can buy a vending machine and the company will stock that vending machine and your job is to get other people to buy more vending machines. Now, first you have to put out the money to buy that vending machine and you don't get the Coca-Cola at the same sort of discounted price, but you have the ability to sell to other people the business opportunity of buying more vending machines. Now, the first example where you get the Coca-Cola at half price and you sell it full price, that is really that self-employment that I was talking about. In other words, if you stop selling, it sounds like you're going to make a lot of money. And let me tell you, you do make a good amount of money, usually better than you are making as an employee when you're self-employed. Granted, you're going to pay more taxes. It's more risky and stuff. But it is something that's great. It's a great thing to do when you get away from being an employee. But it's not something that you ultimately are going to have cash flow or money that's coming to you that's not tied to your own labor. So again, back to our Coca-Cola example. You're buying all that Coca-Cola. You're going out. You're selling it at 100% more than you bought it for. And you are making that money. But let's say you get sick. You can't sell the Coca-Cola. You're not going to make any money. On the other example, where you have the vending machines, you have put out some money to buy that vending machine and then the company stocks it with the Coca-Cola, it sends out the Coca-Cola, it does the whole thing, which is basically what network marketing is about. Regardless of 
what business you get into. You know, most people have been um, exposed to the candle parties or the uh, pampered chef parties or Tupperware or things like that. What happens is that you are the person that introduces that product to the audience, but then that company ships the product out to those people, and your job is to get other people to join into the business. That's like getting other people to buy more vending machines, and you get a little tiny bit of the profit off those vending machines. So what happens when you're sick for that week? So instead of in our first example where you're lying in bed and those crates of Coca-Cola are surrounding your bed, your vending machines are merrily working away and all the other vending machines are continuing to work away and you get a check in the mail. It really is that easy. I know it sounds like a scam and everybody thinks it's some get rich quick, but the key to the whole enterprise is getting the right network marketing vehicle for yourself. How do I know that? Because I did four different network marketing companies before I found the one that I'm currently involved with. And my problem was I could never really sell the business. First one that I did was Mary Kay. I was great. This was back, holy cow, when I was about 22 years old. Uh, I was great at helping people to really understand their skin and, you know, all that sort of stuff. But nobody was interested in being part of the business. And I really didn't understand the importance of that at first. The next network marketing that I did was through Young Living, which is an essential oils and nutrition company. And I still use their products to this day. I signed up to be a distributor of their products just in case somebody might be interested in buying something. But again, it's very difficult to sell this sort of stuff to people because, you know, how many essential oils and nutritional supplements do people really need? Oh yeah, I know, I know. If you're just really crazy about the products, uh, you say, oh my gosh, I mean, I spend fifty, a hundred, two hundred dollars every month on those sort of products. But see, the deal here is you need to look at America, like the regular people that would be doing this. And how much of that product would your neighbor be likely to buy? Or your mother? Or people like that? You know, how likely is it that you're going to be able to sustain yourself? And how much are they going to want to be involved in that business themselves? That's really what you have to look at. Now, the next business that I did, which was actually tied in at that time I was doing my Bond Girl seminars, and I was a passion parties rep. Yes, I was selling sensuality products. Now, the problem there was that I also had my degree in sexology from an offshoot of the Kinsey Institute, and so I was really passionate about using that in my seminars to really teach women about their own sensuality, about men's sensuality, about how to really take charge of their own sensuality. Well, then it was very difficult for me to be able to sell the idea of doing that business to anyone else because when somebody came to my, one of my seminars, they'd buy the product. But they couldn't imagine selling the business because I knew so much about the products and sensuality and you know things like that that they couldn't ever imagine that they could sell that business. Well that was my mistake. I had made it so that I was not really very duplicatable. 
I made a lot of money, mind you, on the products. But that is that situation where I'm, you know, buying the Coca-Cola at half price and selling it for, for full price. When I stop selling, then the money stops coming in. I did not build that business at all. So now I'm in my fourth and final network marketing business. This is through send out cards. You've heard me talk about this before. Send out cards is a resource both personally and professionally. And it takes all of our good intentions to be in touch with our friends and our clients and turns them into mail. Basically what it is, is it is an online greeting card maker where they have thousands and thousands of cards online that you can choose. You can write in them. You can upload your own handwriting and write in those cards in your own handwriting. Or you can upload your own photos or logos, whatever you'd like. And once you're done with that, you click a button and it goes to the company and the company makes that card, puts it in an envelope, puts your address on it, stamps it and sends it out. And the cards are less than a dollar. Unbelievable. This, I think, is my final network marketing foray because the product is so unbelievable that I use it every single day. When I'm prompted to send a little note to somebody, I just type it in. I up, it goes out in my own handwriting and send gifts attached to it, you know, stuff like that. And it allows me to really spread that abundance and joy and the fact that I'm thinking of somebody throughout the world. It's all so simple. You know, an eight-year-old can understand what's going on here. You type your feelings, they get printed into a card, and it's a, it's a Hallmark-style card. We are not talking some flimsy, you know, whatever. And think about it. When you need to get a card for somebody, you drive to the mall, which now takes $952 of gas, you stand there at the Hallmark store, you're there for a couple hours, you're not finding what you're looking for, you buy the card, then you have to find a stamp, you have to find the person's address, blah, blah, blah. You might, you know, crush the card a little bit because it sits, goes into your purse, whatever. This eliminates all of that. And what did that card cost you? Right now, average card is like six bucks. These cards are less than a dollar going out. So I thought this was just an amazing service to begin with. But... I could absolutely sell the business. Not a problem. It's very easy to understand how personally this would be an amazing way to do, say, your Christmas cards. And we all get digital photos from our friends of their kids and stuff like that. What do I do? I upload one of those photos from the email. I slap it on the front of a card. I put a little funny thought balloon coming off of their baby's head or something like that. Put a little note on the inside, send it off. And what do they do? Nobody prints out their digital photos anymore. So I go to their house. There's my card on the refrigerator. Okay, okay. I've gone on enough about the send out cards business, but it gives you an idea of what a real business would be because when somebody wants to be a distributor just like I am, so they want to offer the business opportunity to their friends, if somebody signs up to do that, I get a check for 120 bucks. It only costs them $100 on top of the ability to sell cards to sign up to do that. So if they sign up one person, they've already made that money back at plus $20 more. I 
just love this system and I've been looking for a business for quite some time where again if I go to a beach or get sick or whatever there's still money coming in see that's the thing as an employee of course you've got sick leave and you know stuff like that but you really are tied to somebody else for your income potential as a self-employed person unfortunately you're really an employee of yourself so it's you do make more money sure and you are more in control of your destiny and control of your time but in reality you're kind of a slave to yourself is what it comes out to being so finding a business like this and and for me it's been the send out cards business you make the ability to get a check every month for somebody else's work i've got some people that are uh distributors that are in what's called my downline and I get a little check every month that has to do with the business they've been building or the cards they've been sending and things like that. And again, a lot of people are involved in these network marketing groups. But I want you, if you're going to think about this, I want you to consider exactly how many people can buy the product and how useful that product is i keep thinking about these people that do you know candle parties and uh pampered chef parties and things like that you know what the problem is is that you have to go to other people's houses you have to sell product you have to sign people up and there's really only a limited amount of candles anybody's going to buy i mean not to be crass sure people are making money in those companies but don't just take on anything. Really think about what sort of business you could take on that is something that you're really going to use, but that people will also really use and will benefit their lives. Kiyosaki and Rich Dad Poor Dad, and actually Susie Orman, a number of other people, talk a lot about the fact that multi-level marketing companies are one of the quickest ways for people to have an actual business. It only costs you a few hundred dollars to invest. I mean, think about it. If you're going to start your own company, that's a drop in the bucket. And you already have people that are going to send the product out for you. You know, the, the company is really made for you, basically. And this is a way to start building towards having that cash flow that you will need to ultimately retire. Because what is retirement? It's having either investments, which is, of course, that final quadrant, or a business that's making enough money without your labor. Because remember, you want to retire, right? For you to be able to live on the money that's coming out of those investments or that business. That is what we're all aiming for. It's time to get smart about having a business. And that's what being a Bond girl is all about. It's having an ability to take control of your own economic destiny and finding a way, researching a way to really do that without killing yourself. Always think in your mind, what's my audience? How much of this product are they going to need, whether it's product or service? And what happens if I get sick? Do I still make any money off of this? That's really what you want to be thinking about. 
I have been thinking a lot about these items in my life and how important it is to let people that I love and care about, which means you, know about these things and really help people to understand because that's what I'm here for as a Fempowerment trainer is to help everyone be empowered in their life to live their best life. You know, I was just thinking about it and actually there's a book, it's called Beach Money and it's about the network marketing business. It's not actually about any particular network marketing. It doesn't sell any particular company or, you know, whatever. It's about a guy who went through 10 different network marketing companies and really got to understand how they worked. And he talks a lot about that in his book. It's very easy to read. And I tell you what, if you email me at um, sandy at com. I will send you a copy of this book. Um, I'll need to get your snail mail address, but I'll send you a copy of this book because I think it's really, really important that people get to understand this as soon as they can in their life. I hate to tell you, but I am in my 40s and I'm just getting around to understanding this now. My James and I were talking about this just the other day, which is what prompted this podcast and we really wish we'd understood this when we were in our 20s. We would probably be retired by now, but we didn't. So I want to offer that to you. I think it's an easy book to understand, uh, the Beach Money book, and I'd love for you to take a look at it if you want to. Uh, I, I will provide that for you because I think it's really, really that important for people to understand how they can take control of their destiny and their own cash flow. Well, thank you for joining me here. I will probably talk a little bit more about wealth-related issues in the next few podcasts. It's definitely what is on my mind, and I'll tell you why. I'm going to be closing my law firm. Oh my gosh, I just announced it in public. Uh, Probably within the year because of the fact that it is self-employment income. In other words, I am paying an enormous amount in malpractice insurance, a lot, thousands and thousands of dollars, not really making that kind of money every single month. And if I want to go on a trip or I want to work on my Bond Girl business, then that money doesn't come in. So I myself am learning all about the true making of a business that's sustainable. That's why it's obviously on the tip of my brain. And that's why I think the next few podcasts will probably be about that subject. If you would like some more information, however, on the sort of advice that I gave to Miss V, our American living in Switzerland. I would love to give you more of that information, but that's a very different subject. And although I love giving advice on telling people how to travel and pack and get their makeup together and stuff like that, I think that the wealth side of things is probably going to be the sort of information that is going to help y'all best in the long run. But you let me know what you might want me to talk about. 
Until then, I hope you have a wonderful 4th of July, and I will see you soon. Bye. Bond Girl is neither affiliated with nor endorsed by Eon Productions, Sony Pictures Entertainment, MGM Studios, or United Artists. This podcast is copyright 2008 by 00 Productions. All rights reserved. Fempowerment and Fempower are registered trademarks of 00 Productions. For more information, visit BeABondGirl.com. Our goal? To build a better world, one Bond Girl at a time.